Well, good morning, South. Welcome to our Sunday gathering. So glad that you could join us today. It's going to be a really great morning. Um, here in just a little bit, I'm really excited about having Rodney Pennington sharing with us. He's going to continue in our series, Not Like Me. And today I'm really excited because uh, he's going to talk about how to love our neighbors well and have fun along the way, which is awesome. I cannot wait for that. I also want to say uh, several months ago, we invited our friend Ben Thomas to lead worship at South. He's led with us two or three times in the past. Um, but then COVID happened and he's in Southern California and we didn't feel like it was a good idea to have him get on a plane. And then we were talking uh, and thought, why can't he just do it from home? Just like we are. And the cool thing is we reached out to him and he can uh, and he is. So today we have the guest Ben Thomas leading worship with us today. Uh, so really excited. I pray and trust that the Lord's going to speak and move in powerful ways today. Would you ready your hearts as we move into our call of worship? Good morning, South Fellowship family. We are Jan and Mike Costas, and we are happy to be doing the call to worship this morning. It's from the message, Psalm 57, verses 7 through 10. I'm ready, God, ready from head to toe, ready to sing, ready to raise a tune. Wake up, soul. Wake up, harp. Wake up, lute. Wake up, you sleepyhead son. I'm thanking you, God, out loud in the streets, singing your praises in town and country. The deeper your love, the higher it goes. Every cloud is a flag to your faithfulness. Good morning, South Fellowship Church. My name is Ben Thomas. I'm coming to you from Southern California leading your worship this morning. Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you in your homes, in your living room, um, as we connect together like this. Um, today, I want us to begin uh, with a short reflection on that call to worship that we just read that I love, about waking up. You know, for a lot of us, I think right now, we're feeling like our days are starting to blur one into the next kind of Groundhog Day-esque. Our Thursdays become our Sundays, become our Tuesdays. Know what I mean? And this call is a call for us to tune into the Spirit, to become awake, not sleep, not passive, but awake and waiting. Um, and so if you would, let's take a couple of deep breaths. Maybe close your eyes and put your hands on your chest like this. Feel your heartbeat and feel the breath of God filling your lungs with each and every breath. And we're gonna sing a line together over a few times. And the line um, is simply, Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Wake me from my sleep. Let's sing together. Spirit of Spirit 
Come fall afresh on me. Come wake me from my sleep. All things bright and beautiful. Here we go. All things bright and beautiful you are, all things wise and wonderful you are, in my darkest night, you brighten up the skies, a song will Sing a song of hope, sing along. God of heaven, come down, heaven, come down. Just to know you and be loved is enough. God of heaven, come down, heaven, come down. Oh, all things new, ready? All things new. Start again, Creator God, calling me your friend. Sing praise, my soul, to the Maker of the skies. A song will rise. I will sing a song of hope. Sing along, God of heaven, come.
the idea that the creator of the entire universe knows your name. Wherever you're at, just take a minute to pause and soak in that reality. Just maybe say thank you. Thank you for knowing me. And thank you for the intimacy that you offer through Jesus. that we can stand on that are firm. So take a minute and breathe. Root yourself into those promises in this moment. All the earth. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you. All the earth, all the earth will shout your praise. 
up to the reality of God in us, God moving through us. Uh, Wake us up to the reality of us being Christ to a world that needs Christ right now. That we would be hope that when your spirit blows, it would move in and through us. Friends, today I want to talk about burdens. A burden is a heavy load, something that we hold on to like worry, fear, doubts. So we're going to talk about how we recognize the burdens that we carry and let go and place them in the care of Jesus. I have this three pound weight here and as I hold it up, it feels like three pounds for the first few minutes. But if I keep holding it up, After an hour, it's gonna make my arm ache. And if I hold it for a day, you might have to call the doctor. Even though it's the same weight, 
the longer I hold it, the heavier it becomes. If we carry our burdens all the time, sooner or later, we will not be able to carry on because the burdens become increasingly heavier. What you have to do is just put the weight down and rest for a while. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all of you who are tired and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. What a wonderful relief to know that God will give us rest when we release our burdens to him. So you're going to need a piece of paper and a pen. What I want you to do is take the paper and make an airplane. So you can make any type of paper airplane you want. Something very simple, something really extravagant. I just made a simple airplane. And what I want you to do is consider what burdens you are carrying around with you that you want to release. Maybe they're doubts, fears, worry, things you feel like you have to do or be. Using one word or drawing it out, I want you to put it on the wing of the airplane. So once you've written something, I want you to take it in your hand and I want you, right before you release it to fly, I want you to say, God, please take this burden, our burdens that you wrote down, make sure you say them by name. So Lord, please take this burden from me and give me rest. Thank you, Lord. Now remember, you just released that burden to God. So you don't need to pick them up anymore and carry that heavy load. God will give you rest just like he promised. If someone were to ask you, what does it mean to be loving your neighbor, what would you say? Well, I can imagine we get um, a lot of different responses. Some might say, oh, well, for me, it's just about keeping the peace. Others might say, it's about building on the friendships that I have in my community and making sure I'm strengthening them. And there might be a few that are a little bit more br brutally honest. And they may say, well, I, I, I don't really love my neighbors. Why would I? Well, that's the question I'd love for us to wrestle with today as we continue on in our sermon series entitled, Not Like Me. You know, as I began to dive into this, I was reminded of what I believe have to be uh, the greatest stories that are ever told in addressing this question. And, and oddly enough, the stories are actually about the life journey of two lawyers. 
I know what you're thinking. You're probably sitting there going, well, he's about to set us up for some really lame lawyer joke, but I promise you I'm not going to do that. I'll spare you that pain. You see, the stories that I want to share, they're, they're real-life stories that I believe hold significant insight into what it means to love our neighbors, but not only that, but also what it means to be living our fullest life. So, if you'll join me, let's go into this journey and see what we can discover. Now, our stories, they're found in Mark 12 and Luke chapter 10. So, if you want to go ahead and, and bookmark those to read along, please do so. But I'm going to start with our first lawyer. I'm just going to jump right in. Um, and the story of our first lawyer, which is found in Mark 12, starting in verse 28. This is what Mark writes. He says, One of the scribes approached when he, heard, when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? This is the most important, Jesus answered. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one, and there is no one, and there is no one except him. And to love him with all of your heart, with all of your understanding, and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now it's it's interesting, right? We have these these two lives on two very uh, different journeys. And, and they come together in this moment. And as we're reading through this, uh, we can almost sense that this lawyer and Jesus, um, for some weird reason, it just seems like their lives begin to merge onto the same path for moving forward. We have this, this lawyer, and he makes this personal choice to address Jesus. And in doing so, we realize that He's actually not that far off. He's so close to getting on the right path that Jesus will actually, a few verses down, say to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Now let's look at the story of our, our second lawyer. And this one's found over in Luke 10, beginning in verse 25. Luke writes this, Just then an expert in the law stood up to test him, saying, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus asked him. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, he told him. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, Well, who is my neighbor? Now, now Jesus is never one to, to back down from drawing out truth within a moment. And, and he does so even in this case by telling a story that we're probably, or many of us are probably familiar with. It's the story that's known as the Good Samaritan. It's about this individual who's traveling this road that uh, leads from Jerusalem to Jericho. And as he's traveling this path, robbers come along and they, they take everything he has and they beat him up and they leave him on the side of the road to die. Well, Jesus tells that as a little bit of time went by, a priest comes by 
Now, priest is somebody that we would think, well, this is the, this is the person that's going to help the man in need. But this priest comes by, he looks at the man in need, and he doesn't help him. He rejects him and leaves him. He sees the man not like him, and he walks on. Well, Jesus then tells that a Levite came by. This is another one, or another person that you would think, well, this is going to be the, the one that's going to, to help the man in need. But he does the same thing. He sees somebody that's not like him and leaves him on the side of the road to die. But then Jesus tells us that a Samaritan came by. Now, now Samaritans were, were half Jews, half Gentiles. And at this time in history, um, these, these people like the, the priest and the Levite and even this lawyer himself, they despised these people. They couldn't stand them. But Jesus says, here comes a Samaritan. And he's walking down this road and he sees this man and, and he would be the person that would be the most unlikely hero of all three of them. He looks at a man that's not like him, but he doesn't reject him. He actually cares for him and loves him. Tends to his wounds, takes him into town and does everything that he can to make sure that the man survives. And then Jesus looks at the lawyer and he says, which of the three proved to be the neighbor to the man in need? And in this moment, you just know this lawyer, he has to be just fuming with anger. Because not only in the story does Jesus teach that uh, our neighbors uh, are everywhere, they're, they're anyone, doesn't matter who they are or where they, where they came from, but he also makes the Samaritan the hero of the story. So the lawyer, he just says, the one that showed mercy. He can't even say the, the Samaritan. And Jesus simply tells him, go and do likewise. Now here's another interaction between a lawyer and Jesus. But instead of their lives merging together into the same path, it seems like they're, they're actually heading in completely different directions. So there it is, two stories. Side by side, they, they sound very similar but they have two very different endings. But why? I mean, think about this for a minute. Both of these individuals basically had the same job. They're both experts in the 613 Old Testament laws. That's what they did. Both lawyers recognized and acknowledged the Shema, which is this Jewish prayer that's recited in the morning and it's recited in the evening twice a day. They even do it to this day. And it begins like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Both lawyers connected the law in Leviticus 19 to the Shema, which says, Love your neighbor as yourself, as the completion for the greatest commandment of life. I mean, they probably hang around the, the same religious leaders. They may have had some of the same friends. You might even... I mean, they might have even studied at the same school and, and had the same teacher. On a surface level, um, it would seem like they're almost the same person. But for some reason, they're, they're, they're heading in the complete opposite directions. But why? Well, I believe the answer is actually found in those acknowledged commandments for life. 
especially for today's reader, we, we often um, skip over this because we're so used to moving through life at a fast pace. We have we've forgotten the blessings that come by just slowing down for a moment, opening our minds and, and listening closely. So, what is it? Well, let's listen to the, the commandments again. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor, and here it is, as yourself. It's those last two words that I believe hold the keys for unlocking the reason why our lawyers are on two completely different paths in life. You see, everything hinges on how one loves themselves. Now you might ask, well, well, what does that mean? The most common way to love yourself is to love yourself for yourself. Uh, this can be driven through self-pity, through self-preservation, or even through self-elevation. It's, it's a well-known fact throughout humanity, and it needs little attention given to it. But there's another, there's another way, and it's actually the most uncommon way to love yourself. And that's because to do this, you have to abandon your love for yourself and enter into a new life that's driven through the love that you have for God because of the love that He has for us. Two very different paths in life. One is something that we're all aware of, love ourselves for ourselves, and the other is something radically different. Because it means that the life that you live is not for you. It's given over to something, something greater than we can even imagine. And by doing this, you discover a new path that leads to living our fullest life. You see, to live your fullest life, you have to love yourself the right way. Now, some people long for that journey, that, that journey of the second way to love yourself, because they realize that the first way of loving themselves, it doesn't fulfill everything that they were meant to be. It, it, leaves, them, it leaves them empty. And in reality, I hope that we all long for that second way. Now, if that's the journey we want to take, here's the good news. We have the blueprints for taking that journey. You see, by combining these two commandments, we've been given a type of blueprint for checking how we love ourselves and, and making sure if we're on the right path. Let's, let's actually explore what this blueprint looks like. The blueprint... It starts with acknowledging that there's something, something greater than just us. There's a, there's a creator, uh, a creator who designed everything with, uh, with an incredible purpose. And he wants us to live that purpose out in the fullest way possible because he loves us. And it's because he loves us that we can actually love him. The next thing is to check what that love looks like. And we can, we can do that by beginning with, with the heart. You see, in biblical times, the, the heart was believed to be the command center of the body. 
every, every decision, every plan, every feeling, every emotion, desire, passion, everything, everything good or bad was, to, was believed to have come from the heart. And that even included the decision for building the foundation of faith. Now, giving yourself a heart exam is a lot like going to the doctor today just to make sure that your heart is, your heart's healthy. But in this, in this case, we're examining our heart to make sure that it's beating in rhythm for God. And you know, one way that we can check that is to, is to examine our emotions and ask ourselves if what we see on display is actually loving God. You see, if the heart's not beating in rhythm for God, then there's a problem. Then there's the soul. The soul is the life of humanity. And when the soul is in line with the will of God, it becomes a, a motivating power for radical life change. The Apostle Paul knew this well. In Philippians chapter 3, he gives us long, this long list of all the accomplishments that he had, he had uh, built up uh, over the years before, before coming to know Christ. But then he goes on to say this about all that. He says, But everything that was gained to me, I have considered them to be lost because of Christ. More than that, I consider everything to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth. He considers, he considers it filth. So that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ. You see, this is what happens when the soul is consumed with loving God. It reveals that we have more to be living for than ourselves. And it shines light into what is true. And because of this, it begins to allow our lives to be in line with the will of God and not our own. Then there's, there's the mind. When, when Aaron was preaching a few weeks back, he was highlighting the journey that our first lawyer uh, from Mark 12 was on as he was seeking truth in his life. And, and Aaron said that curiosity functions like a tour guide of the kingdom of God. Curiosity is, is a desire to learn and go deeper into our understanding of life by loving God with our minds. This means that we allow curiosity to lead us forward by using our intelligence to love God. You see, God doesn't want us to have lazy minds that are only turned on for, for one hour every Sunday morning. He wants us to use our minds to go into a deep relationship with Him and then, and then take what we've learned from that and guide others into loving God with their minds as well. The outpouring of this will be displayed in all aspects of life, in art, in music, in poetry, in writing, in study, in prayer. It, it touches everything. Then there's the strength. Loving God with all of our strength is a call to give our physical capabilities over to Him. But it even goes beyond this, and it extends into our possessions, because our possessions can be part of our strengths. So, what are we doing with our strengths? Are we loving God with all of it? By honestly examining these things, we may learn that we have more to give. So as I work through this, I began to wonder, what would actually happen if we were to get up every morning and do a type of review of this, the, the beginning part of this, this blueprint by simply asking ourselves, how do I love myself? And then we follow that by asking, does my heart beat for God? Is my soul directed towards the will of God? Is the curiosity of my mind fixated on God? 
and is my strength being poured out for God? I think that if we did this, it might help to get us on the path that leads to living our fullest lives by loving ourselves in a whole new way. And here's the crazy thing about this, and, and this, is, this is often how the kingdom of God works. If I love myself in this way, then the second part of the blueprint gives us the answer for why we began this journey in the first place. The answer for what it means to love our neighbor. You see, loving God equals correctly loving yourself. And correctly loving yourself equals loving your neighbors in the purest of ways. Because through this process, you begin to realize that it's not that they're not like you, but it's actually that they're just like you. I think Sinclair Ferguson said it best when he addressed the question of what it means to be loving your neighbor as yourself. He says this, The answer lies in recognizing that God made man in His image. To love God Himself implies that we also love everything which reflects Him in any way. It would be inconsistent to love Him, but not those who bear His image. Notice that loving ourselves is the expression of our love for God. That love should, re, should be reflected similarly in our attitude towards others. We have a special motive for caring for others. As members of the kingdom of God, we know something about people they may not even know about themselves. They were made to reflect God's image and glory. Even when that image has been distorted in their lives, we love them because we see what they were meant to be and we're moved with compassion. You see, they, like us, are loved by the God of all creation, and they're made in His image with a purpose to reflect that image and His glory into the world all around. And when we press into loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, we begin to process everything that we see and hear in an entirely new light. And because of this, we see clearly what they might be missing, and we don't want them to miss that anymore. It's a lot like the story of the Good Samaritan. You see, the, the major difference between the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, it's not what they see and hear, but it's what they do with what they see and hear. That's why the Samaritan proved to be the neighbor to the man in need. It's, it's very similar to the story of our two lawyers. They both saw and heard the exact same thing, but it's what they do with what they saw and heard that put them on two different paths for life. One loved himself in a way that put him on a path that led him closer to the kingdom of God, and the other loved himself in a way that put him on a path that led in the opposite direction. So as I thought about this, I had to ask myself, what path am I on? And to be honest with you, it can be a struggle. I know that for myself, uh, when I start to love myself the wrong way, I'm, I'm a terrible neighbor because I'm on the wrong path in life. And that affects everybody. Uh, it affects my family uh, as a father and a husband. It affects my friendships and it even affects my community. And not in a good way. And it's all because my selfish desires take over and it all becomes about me. I want more for me and when that happens, I hurt the people around me. But then I'm reminded of the love, mercy, and grace of God. 
And when that happens, it always brings me back to the person of our, of our two stories that not only did he author the blueprints of life, but through his life, death, and resurrection, he opened the path for actually living this out, this side of heaven. And that's Jesus. You see, it's because of Jesus that you and I can walk the path that leads to living our fullest lives by loving ourselves the right way. And when this happens, I know that we want to do anything for our neighbors. No matter who they are or where they are or what side of the world they're on, this side or, or the other, it doesn't matter because, because all people are our neighbor and we desperately want them to see what they might be missing in their lives. Just a few months ago, we were all living in what we considered to be our norm. And uh, the, the norm for us was that we wanted our home and our lives to be an open door to the community. Uh, we wanted it to be a, a safe place where people could come and maybe experience something they, they, they hadn't been experiencing in their lives or in their homes. Now, in no way did we do this with, in any perfect way at all, but we did press into it. And on any given night, we would have different people having dinner with us, or any given year, we might have had different people living with us. Uh, it wasn't uncommon to have people over for prayer and counseling, or friends just coming over to hang out and unwind, or taking the family out in the community to do just little random acts of kindness to show our neighbors that we love and we care for them. Now, these are just some of the little and, and imperfect ways that we were, we were pressing into caring and reaching out into our neighborhood. Now life feels like it's been flipped upside down. And when the, the stay-at-home orders came out, we began to wonder, well, what, is it, what does it mean to be loving our neighbors in, in times of social distancing? But thankfully, it, it didn't take long for our church family to rise up and begin to answer that for us. It was shortly after the, the, the stay-at-home orders came that uh, the app Marco Polo was, begin, was being used by several in our community to connect and engage in each other's lives, to, to see how they're doing and, and pray over them. And then we begin to hear stories about people that were, were sewing masks and, and passing them out into the community. And, and then Amy started to do these, these virtual game nights for the kids. And, and Josh and Amelia uh, took, took the youth group online and and we're engaging in their lives virtually uh, every week. And we heard that hotels were being booked to house the homeless. Uh, the food bank continued. Uh, it stayed open with some changes, but it still continued to press into the community and provide quality food. Uh, prayer groups and Bible studies went online. They didn't stop. Neighborhood social distancing gatherings were happening where people would get into their, out in their streets and keep their distance, but still engage with each other. And I even heard that, um, that somebody had taken their piano out in their front yard just to play for the neighborhood. That's really cool, Teresa. This is just the short list. It's the short list of how our church family has been caring for our neighbors. And that list can go on and on and on. And the beautiful thing is that that, that list it extends way beyond our own backyards and it reaches out across the world. So why is this happening? Well, it's because we long to be a church that's living in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. And I'm so thankful we have the blueprints before us for going deeper into this. 
by pressing into how we're loving God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. You see, that's the path to living our fullest life, and it is not the easy path to take, but it is the path that I believe that we will embrace. So thank you, Sal. Thank you for leading the way forward. And may God's grace and mercy be with us as we press deep into living our fullest lives by loving God and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. It's a song that I wrote a few years ago in a season when it felt like everywhere I looked, um, everyone that was posting things online or anyone that called themselves Christians that were in a public figure um, seemed full of small-minded, narrow-minded thinking um, and very much us versus them mentality. Um, And so I sat down to write uh, an angry song. And like every music pastor does that writes an angry song, I put a bunch of like minor chords in the song and I, I, I got the most angry version of myself and so I sat down and I did the song and partway through writing the song something happened to me something shifted and I'm not going to tell you what it is I'm just going to let you listen and you'll hear the song the song is called Not Us Not Them <laughs> words you say all those microscopic twists of tongue you keep praying louder and your heart will seep out like rogue heat seeking missiles heart will sing out and play its song forever so mourn the fallen souls cathedrals more morality that comes in shapes and colors build your arsenal defend 
your false contentment Bake the clock, rewind Hold tighter to your textbook answers Oh man, that was powerful. 
want to say a special thanks to Ben Thomas for leading us in worship today, uh, for Rodney Pennington for sharing from the scriptures and challenging our community to love our neighbors and have fun uh, along the way. A couple of quick things I want to tell you about. As always, you can give right now during the Give Now button. You can also go to our app or to our website, southfellowship.org slash give. It's your generosity and your consistent giving that helps us keep doing ministry in this season and, and uh, making an impact. And I just want to say thank you so much for participating in that uh, and being so generous. You guys are awesome. Uh, a couple other quick things. Family Promise. I mentioned this last week, but four times a year we serve Family Promise. These are families that are experiencing homelessness, and we, we bring them onto our campus and we serve them. Um, for a week, we give them a place to stay. We feed them. We hang out with them. We play with their kids, have great conversation. It's really awesome. The challenge with COVID is we cannot bring them to our facility. And as I mentioned last week, um, what we're going to do is we're going to sponsor them staying in hotel rooms and providing them meals and activities. And, and so we're just going to do it just in a little bit different way. So there's opportunities for you to give. Um, you could financially support directly in that. And I'll tell you, we had a big week last week. I think I heard that we had like $4,500 given to help with Family Promise. Let me just say, my goodness, South, you guys are stinking generous. And uh, that's huge. It's going to allow us to really bless these families. And uh, you can continue to give. Um, every amount, it's not about equal gift. It's about equal sacrifice, equal heart before the Lord. So give whatever you can, as little or as, as much as you want. Every little bit helps. Uh, a really fun thing coming up. We're going to do a drive-in movie. We're going to have a free drive-in movie night. It's going to be uh, on May 29th. That's a Friday night at 7 p.m. in our back parking lot. We're going to be showing a movie called Wonder Park. And one cool thing about that is you'll just drive up in your car. You'll be able to tune in, listen to the audio in your car. It's like old school drive-in movie. Um, my family and I went to one of those last year, I think it was, and it was so much fun. Um, the other cool thing, though, is that we're going to be accepting donations of non-perishables to support our food bank. And so right now in the chat, there should be a, a pop-up of what sort of things we're looking for when it comes to non-perishables. Uh, in the food bank, but that's just a great way to serve our local community, both with those experiencing homelessness and those who uh, we get to serve through our food bank. So as always, thanks for watching. Really glad you joined us today. If you're watching this live, you can join us in a Zoom room right now. That's just a, an opportunity to hang out with other people, uh, see their faces, have conversation, catch up, pray. We also have one for kids and the link is in the live chat uh, right now. Also to help us spread our Sunday content, we want to reach as many people as we can with the love of Jesus. It's important to us that we share the gospel, that we help people live in the way of Jesus with the heart of Jesus. So on Facebook, you can like, you can comment, you can share. That helps us on YouTube. You can like, you can comment, you can subscribe and uh, love you guys. Have a great day.